Roots and Shoots with Sabrina Hahn and Christine Layton on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Broadcasting statewide. Good morning. Hello, Seb. Hello, Steens. How are you doing? You're oh, looking good. You know what? Did you get some sleep in the in the last <laughs> week or something? I was sick this week. Ah, uh, so I was on the couch, ah. and so I I am rested because my lovely husband took some days off so I could recover. So I'm actually probably more rested from being sick <laughs> than I am any other day of the before. week. Yeah, but yeah, you, you're looking bouncy. Thank you. You've had a bit of a week. You've had dueling front end loaders all over the shop. Yeah. Well, I I swear to God that there's a suburb that I'm in that someone's decided that they're going to build the Acropolis directly <laughs> across from me. Good. I've got no idea why it's... So what happens now, um, all, all machinery has to have those really irritating reversing beep, 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 beep. Oh. So in the suburb I'm in, all the houses are being bulldozed down and where there was one house, now there's going to be three. So that's happening all around me. So I've got these dueling front end... Neep, An neep, orchestra neep, of equipment. At the front, at the back and at the side and <laughs> directly across the road from me for four days no. they've been building this enormous platform. Yeah. So I'm expecting to see the Parthenon put on it fairly soon. I love the Parthenon, but what kind of garden would you put in it is the point. I mean, Well, I'm... you'd have to have concrete lines, clearly, <laughs> uh, right. and columns, Doric columns. Um, but I don't get it. Like the, the pad is – the person who's living behind that, because there's another house behind it, yeah. they're going to be like in a – dog swamp hollow. It'll be pitch black because the sunlight will never penetrate back there because you've got the Acropolis that's directly No wonder it needs so many front-end loaders to get it done. It must be bloody heavy if it doesn't have any... It's just unbelievable. Mm. From 7.30 in the morning to 5.30 in the afternoon. It's the worst. All around, all around. We're invested now, so you'll have to let us know what comes (laughs) of this magnificent platform. I'm going to keep taking pictures (laughs) as the... the Hey, there was a chick, a big truck. No, she wasn't big. The truck was big. So big, one of those big um, 10-ton trucks with the bogey on the back. So, mm-hmm. And you don't often see female truck drivers in the city. No. She was damn good. Because it's she? a massive truck to build the Acropolis. She kept bringing soil all day long. Um, she was a really good operator. It was so good to see a chick doing the, you know, Take this, fellas. Yeah, I always love the interviews that come out of the Pilbara of the of the t- yeah. truck drivers who who do FIFO work up yeah, there. There's, there's, yeah, yeah. She was probably a hall pack driver at some point in time. I reckon she was damn good. Should have told really her. polite because I went over. Her day. I did well. Oh, I you did. Said, yeah, I did. So I went over and I said, "Oh, what what are we having here? A damn wall or the Acropolis <laughs> or what's going on here?" And she was absolutely delightful. <laughs> she said, "Oh, it's to do with the runoff," and I went. Well, you know, it'll all run off to the poor bugger that's behind. But nevertheless, that's what happens in the modern world. That's a letdown. It's just (laughs) run off? What? So I'll keep people posted on uh, uh, on when the Parthenon is being, being erected. Very good. 1300 222 Give us a call. Uh, Stecky is going to kick us off. He's in Exmouth. You all know that. Hey, Stecky. Here you come, Mike. Hello, <laughs> Stecky. I'm back, my darling. How yeah. are you? Oh, not too bad, mate. Would you believe we've got that four-letter word happening in town? 
That's been called coming out of the sky. Oh, not rain. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Holy dooly. Yeah, that's not going to last long. It'll I think it's, um, I reckon it's the, I, I read about that on Facebook, how all the ex-mouth gardeners were dancing around nude the last full moon. <laughs> so <laughs> I reckon that probably accounts for it, Stecky. I hope oh, you were, I hope you were part of that group. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm, at, my, at my age now, I'm always in bloody bed and fast asleep and that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what was happening this morning was the dark mofo nude swim for the winter solstice. So yes. on the TVs yes. this morning, whilst I've been trying to keep a straight face, we've had thousands of nude people on the TVs in here. <laughs> it's been very distracting in their little red caps going into the freezing water. That's enough to frighten you, isn't it? Yeah, Absolutely. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I've got a, a doozy for you. Yeah? Uh, you, know, you always do, Stecky. Yeah, you, know, you know, I'm always experimenting and I'm growing different things all the time. I'll, yeah. Uh, a variety of tomato. I'm bugging me. I forgot to put the tag on them. There's only four plants. Um, it's not a tomato leaf variety. It's just the normal. And the top parts of the leaves are now thinning out to be spindly. Oh. I've never seen this before, and I just hope we haven't got one of those viruses that blows in from up north sort of thing. You but know, I was about to say, Stecky, that that's the first... Okay, so there's a couple of things. If you've got sap suckers... Um, they, you will see the mottling on the back of the leaf. But if the leaves go really sort of narrow and then start to curl, that's usually a virus. Well, it's not even it hardly. I, look, I hardly call them a leaf. So that, that they, you know, oh, like a, you know, sounds... a disgusting bloody for a leaf. It's nothing. It's just a bit of a. No, nah, uh, that and, sounds pretty dodged to me, Sticky. Yeah, and it's only on a certain right now. Like I said, uh, the other ones are, are they're okay, and the potato leaf ones are okay. So I'm just trying to get hold of a variety that uh, that's resistant to everything. Yeah, because I hate the spray, but I'm, I'm, it looks like I'm going to have to spray if it doesn't improve. They're going to they're going to be yanked out. Are they are they in a pot, Sticky, or in the no, ground? No, no, they're in the ground. Mm, in the so you ground. can't really isolate them either. No, no, it's usually. I, I like to go on the ground because that way I can tell if if the others are getting it, if they're not, and so forth. That way, yeah. discriminate. To yeah, exactly that's what right. It is. There's only four of them. Yeah, on, a, on, a, on a, of this line, so it, you know they're not one alongside each other either. So, so yeah, I don't know. It sounds it, pretty sus to me, Sticky. Well, it's that variety is that, that does. Well, that. that's what I was thinking. Look, it might be worthwhile just leaving them and seeing what happens. Yeah, yeah I suppose. Yeah. As long as it doesn't spread, if I think it's spreading, well, that's it. They're just fine. Well, the, the other thing you could do is put little bags over once the once they flower. Uh, they're still flowering this lot. They're not fully oh. grown. See, they're only about uh, not quite a metre high. Yeah. And they haven't reached the wire, you know, the yeah. string up on the wire. I don't know, Stecky. Just I'd leave them a bit longer and just see what happens. Yeah. Right. It's just a weird thing. And my yeah. mate down the road, he's got a little tiny bit of it as well, and he's never uh, seen it before, and he's been uh, going it for years. Okay. I hope we haven't imported something. Yeah, before, I was going to say in that case. On. Hey, Stecky, can you um, go on the, uh, you know, the, the ag department have got the website, my pest guide app. Um, can you take a picture of it and send it to them through that app just in case there's a virus or something that we don't have in Australia? 
Um, That's a good idea. So, yeah, they can, they can, check, they it can check it out. Yep. Yeah. All right. It's 12 minutes past nine. Thank you, Stecky. 0437 is the text line. Uh, first in line, Melissa from East Fremantle. Sabrina and Christine, wondering if you can tell me what the roots of a mango tree look uh, are like. Sorry. Uh, we have a potted dwarf mango that we would like to put in the ground, but wondering if the roots will be harmful to the nearby fence. No. No, you're good. Yeah, whack it in. Beauty. No problem at all. Easy fix. Let's go to Myra in Mount Lawley. Hi, Myra. Hello. Hello, Myra. Hello. What can we do for you? I've got two red hot pokers in separate pots. Yeah. I've had them for years, and only once have I got flowers off them. Oh. I've got lots and lots and lots of the leaves of them. I used to call them leaves. Yeah. Uh, But I do know that they are root-bound. But I had a funny feeling that I've heard you say they don't mind being root down. They're lukewarm pokers at the moment, aren't they? <laughs> That's right, they are. <laughs> um, look, if you want them to flower well, Myra, you will have to divide them up and, and repot uh, them. Yeah. Right. Uh, they don't mind being root bound, but it really will affect the flowering. And um, do you ever fertilise them? No, I don't. Yeah, look, I would give them a slow-release native uh, fertiliser because if you add or even just sulphate of potash, Myra, Mm. and Mm. that will help develop the flowering stem. Oh, right. Okay. But but would you suggest that I'd be better off really separating them? I would definitely separate them. All right. And then just give them a bit of sulphate of potash. All right. Thank you, Myra. 1300 uh, we, we joke about setting themes for uh, mm. the hour program. We've we had do. a mango question and an ex-mouth caller, and now we've got both in one from Marjorie. Hello, Marjorie. Good morning, ladies. <laughs> morning, Hello. Marjorie. You know I'm not Marjorie, but that's okay. That's the name of my spider. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. How's your spider going, Marjorie? Well, she's uh, she's had a few, you know. She's, she's had she's, a few babies? Getting, or? Yeah, well, she's getting babies. Yeah, she yeah. will die. Yeah, she like will. Charlotte's web, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I can't remember. I, well, we have talked about your spider. What sort of spider? I can't remember what sort oh, of spider. Oh, she's a huntsman. She's yeah. a huntsman. Do you know yeah. they only live for about a year? Yeah, I know. She's mm. on her last legs. Yeah. Oh, and so I've had Audrey in here, but she took away, and I've had a... I've had a few male callers. But ah. they, they, they do come and go and oh. then they disappear. But we have rain, as you know, from yeah. Sticky today. Yeah, yeah, Now, yeah. my question's for my 82-year-old friend who totally disagrees with everything with gardening. Oh, okay. Right? Good to have <laughs> friends like that. <laughs> well, I look after him. He, oh, okay. he has a little bit of dementia. Okay. And, uh, okay. and he's from the old school. Had the had the market gardens up here, if you remember those back in the oh, old days. Oh, yeah, Wow. Mr. Mr. Mortis, yeah. uh, Rigger Mortis, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll rigger. I'll yeah, I'll rigger. Yeah, yeah. So my question is, um, uh, he bought a, a mango plant down in Perth, and it's doing really well in the pot, a yeah. very small pot. Yeah. And we've done Mr. Google, and we've had a disagreement uh, in regards <laughs> to when this should die on the ground. Is it? Can we put it in? Because I, I worked on a plantation. Yeah. And I was suspecting that this wasn't a good time to put it in, but is it a yeah. good time to put it in? Look, um, the only time I'd say up there when not to put it in is during sort of cyclone season. 
Um, but it's plenty warm. It's all about the temperature of the soil, Marjorie. So I, I, you can definitely put it in. It probably won't move too much until spring, but I think it's a great time to put in mangoes because they the root system will bed in and you'll get little surface roots forming. So when the warmer weather comes, she'll foof, off she'll go. Beautiful. All right. 1300 to Sarah on the text line. Would you be able to identify this multi-trundled tree for me? The long black pods are full of lightweight seeds. The flowers are white and tubular, a bit like a brumentia. Brumentia. Yeah, Very yeah, Very fragrant. Yeah. Over six metres tall. And lovely. So that's the first photo. And this is the second photo. Ah, uh, that's... um. That's the, it looks like the Asian bell tree, which is, can we go to the first photo? Because it's a lovely, it's got a beautiful leaf. Yes. So um, they call it an Asian bell tree and um, I'll think of its proper name. People use them as an indoor plant. Uh, and they do very well in shady areas as well. Asian bell tree. But um, I'm just trying Typing to... Typing in the Googles. Oh, yeah, Radamachira. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> my little Google assistant. If I can help somehow, I will. <laughs> <laughs> so Radamachira. All right. Um, yeah, beautiful, beautiful tree, small tree. 1300 It's 18 minutes past nine. Let's go to Julie. Where are you, Julie? Hello, girls. Yes. Hello, Julie. Lovely, lovely show. Thank um, you. Yes, I listen every week. Brilliant. Um, Sabrina, just was wondering, I have a lovely uh, Chinese tallow tree out in the front of my garden, yeah. along with a few others. Yeah. Uh, other trees, that is. And I was wondering about the leaves. I've been told that um, they are a toxic thing, but I... Now that it's all, it's been a beautiful show of lovely colours, yep. you know, the, in the autumn, they've all fallen off, sort of dried and everything. Yep. Am I able to put those in the compost bin? Yep. Uh, because I've heard that they are a, a toxic... Only if, if you're a horse... And you're going to go out there and gnaw on your tree, oh. uh, which I don't. I can't see you doing. I don't know you well, Julie, but I no. just no. I can't see you doing that. No, I think you're probably I'm... more of a toast and Vegemite sort of a girl. Actually, you might be right. <laughs> so no problems whatsoever, Julie. Fabulous. So they're right. great in the compost heap. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you yeah. so much. No worries. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Julie. Thirteen hundred triple two. 720. Margaret in Alchemos, when can I prune my ornamental pears? Uh, well, I'd, well, the leaves should drop off this week, I reckon. So winter is the time that we prune them. If, you want, if you're pruning your ornamental pear to get a beautiful shape, winter is a great time because you see where all the stems are because there's no leaves. Mm. If you're pruning the ornamental pear to actually reduce the growth, you prune it at the end of summer. So summer pruning reduces growth, winter pruning encourages growth, but winter is a great time to get the shape of the tree. Okay, so it depends, Margaret, depends. Yeah, what, what your purpose, <laughs> your purpose of your pruners are. 1300 As Sabrina points at the TV, <laughs> they're showing more footage of the Dark Mofo Festival in Hobart. Thousands of people running into the water nude. Nude. I did do Good this in them. Albany. Um, there's did a, you? Yes, I you did. You went nude swimming. I did, that's right. I was talking about it earlier on the show for, for the Lucky Perth listeners. But, you know, when you go to work in the regions, you want to immerse yourself in 
in the local community. Literally. That's right. I'd done the World Naked Bike Ride in Portland, Oregon, which was wow. quite an adventure. And when somebody comes off a skateboard onto the bitumen, <laughs> it's not nice to watch. Not, but Not pretty. I got invited and I couldn't say no. It was no. it was meant to be the first year that both women and men did it. So oh, I thought okay. I'd go and represent. Yeah, yeah. Got there early. Um, you know, it was to kick off at six and we were meant to meet under the pergola. And as I sat in the car, I saw the local lawyer, the local <laughs> dentist, the local comedian, <laughs> all men. And I went, hang on a minute, am I, am I meant to be here? I went up to them and they had a banner saying 2017 nude swim with two male symbols down the bottom because previous years it had been an all men swim. Oh, really? And I said, what, did somebody trick me? Am I meant to be here? They said, look, all the women have bailed. Oh, and I said, no. can I still can I still do it? They said, yeah, yeah, we'll go in first. You come in afterwards. One of them took the corner of the canvas, tore the male symbols off the bottom of the banner, oh. and I was able to take part. Oh. Yeah, it was what, good fun. That's true community spirit there. I know. And it was 17 degrees in the water, 12 degrees out, so it was much warmer in than oh, out. Wow. Yeah, so I can tell you, don't feel sorry for those on the screen. No, no, because it'd be warmer in the water than outside, That's most right. definitely. Yeah. For thanks, sure. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> Matthew in Busselton, good morning. Hello, how are we? Good. We're good, Matthew. Good. We're fully clothed, dog. Oh, good. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. to see you here, though. Yeah. I'm going to hear you waffling on about new defeats. <laughs> That's right. hey, I've done a Mandarin massacre on a mature tree and transplanted it. Yeah. Probably got about 30 to to 40% of the roots only. Yeah. Uh, Tap roots still intact. Yeah. Um, It was in full fruit. Do you think I should strip all the fruit off it? Definitely. It's going to drop off anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely take the fruit off, Matthew. And what uh, leaf area do you reckon I should leave? Well... Oh, you didn't prune it before you transplanted it? Oh, my word, I did. Oh, you did? <laughs> right. Okay. So leave, anything that's left on there, leave on there apart from the fruit. Right. So if you've already hooked into it before, yep. you, before you transplanted it, that's probably enough for this year. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> just strip right. um, the fruit. I'm going to touch it up. I've, put a, I've prepared the hole, which is quite large. It's a four-metre four tree. Yeah. And um, I'd put uh, some uh, fire ash in the bottom and mixed it in with topsoil yeah. of it. And now I'm just heading out there now to put some NPK and sea salt on it. Okay, is, so... Is that do, good or is No, do not... Do not put the MPK on. All right, okay, cool. I'll put Be- it on the lawn then. Because <laughs> what will happen, Matthew, is the yep. tree is already in shock. Yep. So part of it's shut down anyway. If you put a fast-release fertiliser like yep. MPK, yep. it's going to burn the roots and you'll get total leaf drop and then you may lose it. Do not yeah, right. fertilise it at all. You can yep. use the seaweed solution. That's no yep. problem at all. Okay. And I'd use it every fortnight. But do not fertilise it until spring. Oh, lucky okay, you right called, then. hey, Matthew. Well, mm. well, yes, I think so. Thank you very much. My pleasure. You enjoy the rest of your weekend. And, we will. Uh, great listening to you. Oh, thank you, Matthew. <laughs> leave the nudist colonies alone. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Matthew. Oh, yeah, it was great. The winter solstice swim was great. Highly recommend it. Yeah, um, I, think yeah. I think it's like it's like World Nude Gardening Day. Yes, which I missed because it was my birthday weekend. Yeah, but I heard and I you was Hillary. away. Yeah. Where was I? But you still had a shoot. You still had a, a wonderful shoot with with tactical oh, fruit with, and veg in your with, arms. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Said placed zucchinis and rock melons and pumpkins. <laughs> That's right. Wow, we're, we're so loose for 24 minutes past nine. <laughs>
Roots and Shoots with Sabrina Hahn and Christine Layton on ABC Radio Perth and WA. 1300 720. Gemma in Bridgetown has sent us an array of photos. She yeah. said um, they are her three to four year old. Verburnum? Yep, Verburnum. Yeah. It's um, Verburnum uh, Loristinus, Anvi, I'd say, is the variety. And she sent a beautiful picture of what my Verburnum looks like quite often. Mm. And Verburnums get it all the time. It almost looks like so, red lint on the leaves. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Mm. So so that the browny, spotty stuff that you can see on the leaf, and the leaf has gone silver. And then you've got these spots all over it. Now, those spots are poo. Oh, that's a lot. So a lot of poo um, because viburnums, you'll see all the, the foliage goes silver and then brown and then falls off. So there's uh, a couple of things that cause that. One is spider mite. And all those little dots are where the so spider mites are tiny, weeny, weeny little spiders, mm-hmm. um, and then they they lacerate the leaf and suck the sap and then poo it out. Wow! So um, there's a lot of uh, consuming and and pooing goes on. They're very efficient. <laughs> the other thing that does that is thrip. Um, and they do a similar thing. So you can use a neem oil or a pest oil or even better still, which is what I've done because I don't spray at all, is you get predatory mites. So the predatory mites eat the mighty mites. (laughs) (laughs) They can battle it out. They have this gargantuan battle goes on like gladiator. Um, And you can also get uh, predatory insects for thrips. And I have a lot of those little tiny predatory wasps in my garden and they knock it off. If you're going to spray, you have to be aware if you use the neem or the Eco oil is if the predators are there, it actually kills the predators as well. Okay, thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty. Simon is in Alfred Cove. Good morning, Simon. Uh, good morning, everybody. Morning. That uh, quick question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a uh, silver princess tree. Which yep. We've grown in a pot from very young. Yeah. It's probably about nearly a meter, meter and a half high out of this pot now. Um, yep. To be honest, it just looks a bit pissed off a bit. <laughs> oh, no. It's not happy. Not getting no, the princess treatment. Oh. Yeah, so one side's very green, the other side's a bit yellowy-brown. Oh, okay, yeah. Is it, well, for one, do you transplant them and two, when? I'd say it's pot-bound and you need to get it into the ground as soon as possible and today would be brilliant because huh. it's going to rain all weekend. Oh, cool. So, yeah, so take it out of the pot. When you take it out of the pot, Simon, check and make sure that the roots aren't in a circular fashion wrapping around each other. If they are, untwine them. Okay. And put it in the ground after the program's finished because we still have another riveting 30 minutes, don't we, (laughs) Steens? That's right. So we don't want you leaving just yet. But (laughs) at five minutes past (laughs) ten, Simon, (laughs) go and dig a hole and put that silver princess in. Don't tell the sports talk guys that we said that, though, okay? (laughs) Um, Thanks for the call, Simon. 1300 Rose is in Rockingham. Good morning, Rose. Good morning. Look, I've got a leucospermum cuneiform. 
warm, I think it is. Oh, and yeah, it's no, got it's, yellow it's... leaves and a bright green veins. And ah. I think it needs a shot of something. Yeah, so what it is, is it's probably Leucospermum cordifolium. Indeed it is. Yep. So, now, the reason it's got the yellow leaves and green veins is because it has an iron, a magnesium and probably manganese and zinc deficiency. Oh, well. So, now, the reason it's got that... Rose, is because you live in Rockingham and Rockingham has alkaline soils and uh, Leucospermum prefers acid soils. Oh, well, what do I do to reverse it? Okay, so... No, no, go and buy a packet of powdered sulphur. Powdered sulphur, Powdered sulphur. Get a bag of cow poo. Oh, God, this is going with it all the time. Yeah, yeah. So powdered sulfur, a bag of cow poo. Sprinkle, so mix the cow poo. Oh, get a little little thing of clay as well. Oh, clay. Yeah. So now in a wheelbarrow, have you got a wheelbarrow? Yes. Okay, so this is the the cake mix I'm going to give you, okay? So in the wheelbarrow, I want you to put half a bag of cow poo. Yeah. A quarter of a laundry bucket of clay. Clay, yeah. And four tablespoons of sulphur. Yeah. Mix it all together. Yep. Then you're going to dig a little trench, only a shallow one, around your leucospermum, and you're going to fill that trench with that mix, with your cake mix. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. And then I want you to ring us back in six weeks' time and tell us how it's going. Yeah. What, if it's alive or me? Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully you'll still be alive, Rose. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Rose. 1300 222720. I say that looking at the phones, they're all full, but we're going to get to you soon. On the text line as well, though, because we must service that, Liz in Tentanen has sent us quite an interesting photo of her green feast peas. What mm. is causing this to happen to my man? Mandarins. Well, I, that, the interesting thing is she sent us a picture of a pea. <laughs> That's right. And not I a mandarin. So, oh, thank God. I read that out so, and thought, what? Uh, Liz, I can't tell you what's happening with your mandarins <laughs> because if that what your pea has got, I doubt very much if oh. your mandarin has Oh, there they are oh, splitting. There's a second Okay, photo. so all her mandarins Look have... like burgers. They've split in the middle. Yeah. And a lot of us have experienced that this year because we had that... That big dump of rain. Um, there's two things that causes splitting fruit. Well, there's probably about ten things, but I only know two, so I'll focus <laughs> on them. Uh, number one is too much nitrogen in the fertiliser when the fruit's being developed. And number two, that there's a big inundation of water when the fruit's sort of a, a third of its way in development. And the the cells that make the skin of the fruit are already predetermined at when the fruit's marble stage. So if the fruit increases and swells beyond what they've determined the size of the fruit will be when they're little, they just split. Um, So don't use too much nitrogen. Um, If there's rainfall, there's nothing you can do about it. Pick the fruit and use it because if you leave it split on the tree, you'll get fruit fly and most definitely rats because they don't even have to peel it. Mm. They just go straight in there. <laughs> um, now the pea. The pea looks like it's got a russet mite 
on it, which is causing that strange sort of colouring on the on the coating of the actual the outside of the pea pod. Too late to do anything now. But um, when the peas are young, you can always um, sprinkle sulphur on them. All right, thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty. Jeff is in Burragoon. Hi, Jeff. Yes. Good morning. Morning, Jeff. Good morning. <laughs> I do have a quick question for you. I'm sure it's quick anyway. Yeah. You know those orchids that you can buy already flowering and you get them from just about anywhere? Oh, the moth moth orchid, they call it? Or oh, if I know. They just know they're called orchids. But, um, right. I could have a look at one to see if it's... Have they, got, have they got sort of a flattish leaf that's mm, yes yes, yes. and then and and uh they get it but it's not a tall long leaf it's only a sort of a flat yeah, short yeah. leaf yeah yeah the flattish leaf not okay the, not the um yeah the long one so okay yeah. okay well that's definitely the moth orchid um okay. phalaenopsis yeah. yep okay yep so my question is am i wasting my time or is there a way that you can get them to flower again oh absolutely they flower again really well jeff most people oh. turf them out but i think that's oh. a terrible waste oh, i've hung on to them for years good and man tried all sorts of different things and never got them to reflower okay so they do like being pot bound yeah. They need to be in orchid mix and they do actually need to be fertilised. Now, when you cut the flower, the first time you cut the flower, yeah. cut the, just cut it halfway down because you'll see there'll be another little set sort of like uh, leaf axles there and they will reflower from that same stem. Right. So you, what you can do is you can give them a slow-release orchid fertiliser mm-hmm. or you can liquid fertilise them with a the half-strength liquid fertiliser. Okay. Yeah, something like sea salt? Yeah, no, that's not a fertiliser. That's, oh. that's, that's a, um, well, that's seaweed solution and it's a whole pile of enzymes and... Um, you can give them okay. that as well, but that doesn't have the goodies in it that orchids okay. so, need. Okay, so something flower. like Thrive? Yeah, something like that. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. All right, wonderful. Thank you, Jeff. 1300 Doreen is in Claremont. Hi, Doreen. Oh, good morning, ladies. Morning, Hello. Doreen. Hi. Um, yes, I've got a fiddle leaf fig. Yeah. Uh, it's indoor. Yes. It's about four foot six high. Yeah. And it's facing north. Right. It's been pretty healthy and beautiful. Yeah. But it's starting to leave, uh, the bottom leaves are starting to yellow. Right. And fall off, just a couple of them. Okay. I'm wondering if that's normal or not. Yes, that's quite normal, Doreen, because it needs to drop some of the older leaves to be able to develop new leaves. Now, how long have you had it there in the pot? Um, it's, I've had it here two years and right. it was repotted in January. Right, okay. So it's nothing to be concerned about because every because fiddle leaf fig is a big tropical tree and um in winter you'll find it'll slow its its growth right down so it's going to dump the oldest leaves so it can produce new leaves when the weather warms up so you can just cut those leaves off doreen Yes, they've fallen off, but oh, there's, well, there new, there's a new one coming up the top. Fantastic. So there's so, nothing nothing to be concerned there, Doreen. That's quite normal. Okay, lovely. Now, how do I look after it? I just okay. uh, 
How often do I water it? You'll only need to water it once a week at this time of the year. Um, I wouldn't even bother fertilising it. I'd wait until the end of July, give it a half-strength liquid fertiliser, get some indoor, you know, indoor um, slow-release fertiliser. Then once the weather starts warming up, then you can up the watering to twice a week by the time we get to... Uh, sort of mid-August, and that's all you'll need to do. Okay, zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. Margaret from Subiaco is commenting further to our chat at the start of the show with mm. regard to all the construction that's going on yes. in Willoughby and the, the Acropolis across the road. She said, um, "Your comments were timely. Could she take the temperature as well as photos? Removing the trees may be cooking the neighbours." Yes. Now, Margaret, that is a good point because do you know that the greatest loss of canopy cover in Perth is currently in private dwellings. Really? So particularly the older suburbs where you like, you know, my I've got a quarter acre block and something like, I don't know, it's probably about 60 trees on my block. Um, the first thing that happens because they want to fit so many houses or units on there, every single tree is taken out. Mm. And in those older suburbs, you're looking at trees that are now 60, 70 years old. So that canopy cover, completely gone. They're cramming so many dwellings in the house or you have to have something the equivalent the size of the Parthenon because uh, everyone needs five bedrooms, four bedrooms, a carport for 13 cars, etc., etc. Mm. as vitally important, you know, just <laughs> makes you happy. Um, so there's no space for trees. Yeah. And when you cram that much in, you've got areas where it's really, really dark, mm. where the sun, uh, she don't shine in those areas. Yeah. So you can't even get trees in there. And it's it's... You know, councils are really concerned about this because they have no control over what happens on private blocks. Is it the city of Bayswater that's trying to keep trees yes. on properties? Yeah, yes. I heard it on Breakfast with Russ and Nadia. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and the city of Armadale and mm. the city of Fremantle, Melville City Council is starting to come on board. Um, we really do need to regulate what's happening on on private blocks because that's where the greatest loss of canopy cover is happening in urban areas. Mm. I'll, I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> no, I enjoy rant, it. Rant. <laughs> Roots and Shoots with Sabrina Hahn and Christine Layton. Oh. On ABC Radio Perth and WA. It's a fancy one. I don't think we've ever made it that far down the car <laughs> because we're too busy talking. But anyway, let's go to Robin Hovia. Hi, Rob. Oh, good morning. Good morning, morning Rob. Good morning, yes. Good morning. And how are you, Sabrina? Oh, Fine, I'm extremely thanks. well. That's great. Look, I have a problem with a couple of old almond trees. This is an, an old orchard property, and yeah. the almonds are bitter. Right, I'm wondering okay. if there's anything I can do. They're a hard shell. Yeah, mm, usually not. Now, the thing about almond trees, Rob, I don't know how old they are, but that can often happen with almonds and peaches. Uh, when the trees are really, really old. The only thing you could do is try putting the, um, you know, the microscopic beneficial soil fungi and bacteria. Yes, yes. Because there's a fungus in there that might help with um, with the, the tree being able to actually uptake potassium and manganese a bit better. 
Right. Um, and you could also try uh, trace elements. So, oh, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Those. yeah. Those. So Would it be sensible to try and graft uh, yeah. an almond onto it? Absolutely. Yep, yep, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Well, yeah. And how Good. soon until the taste will change? How long does it take? For transportation, well, you won't know until next when the the next crop comes on. Yeah. Um, transportation of nutrients, depending on soil type and the size of the tree, but you're looking at about six weeks. Yep. Oh, so, right. Yep. Okay. So well, it might be worthwhile doing it now. Yes. Yeah. Well, that would be yeah, something I could look at today. I've got yeah. some trace elements there. Yep, yep. All Wonderful. Right. Thanks Thank for the call, much. Rob. Thanks, Thank Rob. Bye. 1300 uh, John on the text line, um, can we grow an avocado tree in the eastern wheat belt near Meriden? Good red salmon gum loans. Um, yeah. Uh, now, the only thing that's going to... Look, avocados will take some frost. Uh, you'd need to protect it for the first three years. The thing that's going to be the killer is hot Easterlies, mm. which they just do not like at all. You'd have to... I'd get a semi-dwarf, get a semi-dwarf Hass, and that way it's not going to get too big and you should be able to find a protected spot for it. It'll love the soil type uh, as long as it's not... If it's loam, uh, that's okay, but if it's clay, it will... It'll die. Mm. So protection for the first three years from frost, protection from the hot easterly and, look, I like a challenge as a gardener. Yeah. I'd give it a crack. Why not? Um, in response to uh, your earlier uh, soap, soapbox moment, oh, yes, which, which, yes, yes. which I thoroughly enjoyed, Noel said uh, one reason why people are removing trees is because insurers don't like them because they fall on the house, cause root damage, etc. Well, I disagree with that. And mm. you have to look at how many trees have dropped branches on, on roofs. Admittedly, during a storm... In, and I've seen conifers that are completely ripped out of the ground. Mm. But you have to, in my opinion, you have to weigh up the pros and cons of having trees. So if we make, our, if we make all our cities and, and our habitations purely, simply and only for the human species, we are going to run into danger. The other side of having trees is it drops the temperature, it, it, it takes up all the, the rainfall so we don't get flooding, it provides habitat for other species on the planet. Mm. You know, the, the, if we have major storms, buildings can fall down. So I don't think that's a good enough argument not to plant trees. I think you choose the right tree for the right purpose. Mm, Mick from Westminster and Joe from Gidjigana rang to say that knocking down trees to build multiple smaller dwellings must stop. So they agree with you. So interesting to hear mm, different yeah. perspectives, uh, different things. We've only got 13 minutes left, so we'll get to the callers Ooh. that have been waiting very patiently. Let's go to Jane, who's in Frio. Hi, Jane. Uh, hi there. Hi, Sabrina. How are you this morning? Yeah, good, Jane. Um, I've got a question regarding a native brand of panning. Yeah. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with this tree. <laughs> um, half the year 
year it looks lovely, half the year it really struggles and we're in the middle of doing a renovation right. and so I'm sort of considering whether I should pull it out yeah. or whether I should keep going um, with it. So yeah. you've, I think, s- you've sent us photos, haven't you? Ooh. Yeah, I have. Well, you've got that um, beautiful pearl scale. It's so pretty. Oh. It's a- <laughs> yeah, well, that's the next question. So if I don't rip it out, um, yes, it's also covered in this um, scale, so I yeah. don't know how to treat it. So probably the first question is, is a native frangipani a good tree to have in the Freo area? Um, and the other problem is I it's like when it becomes windy, um, I'll lose branches yeah, as well. No, I would, I would take the opportunity to get a... A tree that is better suited to the Frio soil type, Jane. Yep. And look, on my street, there's there's some very old, they're probably about 40-year-old native frangipanis that are covered in that scale. Mm-hmm. And we've been trying for the last four years to try and get rid of it and we can't. Um, okay. It's just, yeah, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And yep. I don't know. I don't, I don't it, you know, native frangipanis come from rainforests in Queensland with mm-hmm. thick, beautiful, acid, moist soil and it ain't going to get that in Fremantle. No. So then that leads to the next question um, and that was if, um, well, I will r- r- rip it out now, but if yep. I do, um, I'm probably looking for a nice medium, like small to medium-sized deciduous tree um, yep. for the area. Is there something that you would recommend? Any of the, um, most of the prunus, the pyrus, like the pears, the ornamental pears, the ornamental plum, uh, will do really well in those areas and they don't mind the alkaline soil. And the other thing is, look at the cercis, C-E-R-C-I-S. There's so many cercis. They're a beautiful small to medium tree, have lovely um, pink leaves, really hardy, Cersus. tough tree. You might get cersei from Game of Thrones, so you have to be careful ah, how you spell that. okay. So don't, don't plant cersei. You don't want her no. rampaging through no. your garden. She's, she's no I don't good. know who she is. I've never seen oh, Crown of Thorns. Don't get... <laughs> I've always thought if ever I'm going to watch Crown of Thorns, I need like a week of sitting on the sofa and binging it. Game of Thorns would be a very good play on. <laughs> you, should, you, should, you should look into that. Um, on the text line, Jackie said, in terms of your song pick... For Fields yes. of gold. Our crops are up and growing. Good news <gasps> about the canola. And she walked down the aisle to that song. Oh, so. lovely, that's beautiful. And uh, Chris from Mundaring, thank you for your text as well. Zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. Kim is in double view and has been waiting patiently. Hi, Kim. Uh, good morning, ladies. How are you? Yeah, good, Kim. Um, we've got um, well, I've got uh, uh, half a dozen, no, uh, ten odd uh, grevilleas growing growing in my front yard. Yeah, they're about five years of age. For the first couple of years, they they really did well. There was a lot of new growth, lots and lots of flowers. But in the last couple of years, not doing so well. Um, right. Do, do they actually have an age limit? Oh, uh, yeah, or... but longer than five years, Kim. Yeah. Um, uh, now, have you ever fertilised them? Yes, uh, the, the guys from the big green shop suggested the old slow-release stuff. Yeah, so, for know, natives. Like, now, yes. the thing about grevilleas is they're really susceptible to phosphorus. So if you've used phosphorus on your lawn and you've got the runoff going down the slope to the grebs, uh-huh. that's going to be a major problem for them. Right, because the lawn is just the other side of the footpath. Yeah, so. that's, that's where the problem lies. Okay. 
So change your lawn fertiliser to a low P. So, I mean, you can still pee on your lawn, but um, you don't want phosphorus in that fertiliser. So that'll solve the problem. 1300 In eight minutes' time, Sports Talk. We'll kick off Clint Wilden, Mick Malthouse and Mark Duffield in the studios. They're going to preview the Fremantle-Melbourne match, which is kicking off at the MCG later today. And they're going to speak to Premiership Eagle, Chris Marston, uh, which will be an interesting chat. I do appreciate that Clint wrote it uh, in phonetics, just in case I got the pronunciation <laughs> wrong. I'll have you know that I'm married to possibly the biggest Eagles fan in, in, w, in WA. Um, he would he would dress my daughter in an Eagles outfit every day if he could, but I try and chuck them in the wash quite regularly. Hey, I'm Clint, a Dockers fan. Clint, you know I never talk about sport. He's not he's not listening to me. Clint, look at me. We, we don't have a mic in the producer's um, booth. Uh, so uh, I was at the uh, casino having yeah. hi tea yesterday afternoon, and there was a massive influx of people coming in for the state of origin. Oh yeah. Oh my lord. It was most entertaining. It was like live theatre before my very eyes. <laughs> it, did it they have shoes on? <laughs> some that didn't have shoes. Some of them had the Shearer singlet. And we're not perhaps looking that appropriate uh, for the venue of the Flash Crown Hotel. Um, but it was a feast for the eyes, <laughs> I have to tell you, Steens, a feast for the eyes. We were, we were playing a game of... Where do you reckon they come from? Oh, yes. Ah, which was interesting. Did you see more New South Wales or <laughs> Queensland fans? What do you reckon? Ah, we saw them from all over the place, including Western Australia. <laughs> but um, I reckon she's going to be a lively game audience-wise when you yeah. see what... Clint mm. and I were talking about that in terms of numbers and they, they think that it might be a big one. It, yeah. it depends on how they count them, though, and I think yeah. they're going to talk about that in Sports Talk. Is it people that come through the door or tickets sold? So I reckon they should do a fashion thing, you know, say pan around. <laughs> I've seen some of the fashions were coming in yesterday afternoon. It was very entertaining. <laughs> uh, let's go to Judy, who's in Netherlands. Hi, Judy. Hi, folks. Hello, Judy. Um, I have a problem with my large eureka lemon tree. Yeah. It's just developed a sort of black sooty mould. Ah, that'll be, cause, that'll be because you've either had scale or aphids on the lemon tree and they're sucking the sap. And then they sort of, it's a combination between wee and poo. They secrete honeydew, which is a sweet, sticky thing. And on the honeydew, you will get a black mould that grows on that. So if you get rid of the scale or aphids, then you'll get rid of the, um, the mould. So use an oil-based spray. Uh-huh. Then, um, well, first of all, what you do is you blast the tree with your, if you've got a high pressure hose, if not your garden hose, yeah. then you wait for it to dry and then you spray the tree with an oil and then you wait for that to dry and say in two days time and then you blast the tree again with the hose. Very good. It's a massive tree. Oh, <laughs> you might have to get someone to give you a hand. At the moment, it's covered in beautiful lemons, but there's several of them have got smudgy black stuff yeah. on them. Yeah. Well, doing that won't affect the actual fruit, Judy, so you can still go ahead and do that, but you might need, you know, a ladder. 1300 mm. Cindy is in Warnborough. Hi, Cindy. Hello. What can we do for you, Cindy? Oh, look, I've got, um, I've got a question about trees and a comment on trees. Yeah. Um, the comment... We live in the Bay Area of Warnborough, yeah. a beautiful spot right next to the beach. About 25 years ago, it was just bare sand dunes. Yeah. 
and developers um, fenced it off. Yep. Let it grow back natural vegetation. Yep. And now we've got these beautiful 1,300 metre, or no, 3,000 metre square blocks. Yeah. You've only got designated building envelopes. Beautiful. And the vegetation has just grown back. It is incredible, particularly where we're right next to the coast. That is fantastic news. Just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, so I love our area. Yeah. And also the shade of a tree for everyone wants to knock them down is just the most cool, beautiful place on a summer's day. Absolutely. I'm with you 100% there, yeah. Cindy. Yeah. You know, if you if you go and stand on the in the middle of a bitumen road midsummer, it's going to be at least 52 to 55 degrees. Mm-hmm. You go into someone's yard and stand under a tree, it's instantly dropped by 12 degrees. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know... We've we've just got to take stock of what how we're developing our cities. I agree. Mm. But so, thanks for that, Cindy. That's right. Now, just a couple of questions. I'm I'm looking to plant a couple of trees. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering. I'm uh, as I said, I'd go for coastal drought tolerance because yeah. of the area. Yeah. Um, I've noticed some area some in the area jacarandas. Yep. Yep. Or poinsettias. 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 Yep. Um. Would they go? Absolutely. Um, how far from the house do I have to plant them? Well, look, jacarandas have a very extensive root system, so that will need to be at least 12 metres from your house. Okay, yep. And the same with the poinciana. Okay. Yep. No worries. Okay. Okay, thanks so much. Beautiful. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Cindy. 1300 We might be able to sneak one more call in. We'll do some text, though. Let's do. Lots of support from Catherine. We need to retain trees and have a legislation change. Uh, this from Ian in Cottesloe. I have a mulberry tree that I have grown from a cutting. Can I cut the top off to promote bushy rather than spindly growth? You certainly can, Ian. Go, go for it. You can take 50% off a mulberry tree. Okay. And Daniel... Uh, um, a, a company based on... T- oh, no, we can't read that one. No, let's move to this one. John from Calvary Boulder. In a recent show, you mentioned a solid fruit fly bait. Can you ah, yes. tell us some more how to use where to get? Okay, so you're going to have to go online and Google it. So it's a lure and it's called a dry bait. It's in a circular dome. You put the lure in the top of it and... Um, it's only just come out, but there are there's a couple of big agricultural suppliers that have them that are based here in Perth. So Google fruit fly lure. Can't give you company names or product <laughs> names. Fruit fly lure. You can buy them online or you can get them from those agricultural show, uh, agricultural suppliers. Okay. Um, from Margaret on the text line, I need to revitalise my mum's gardenia. Oh, you seconds do. to news, yeah. Okay, so trace elements, you've got to put it on as a foliar spray and also in the ground. It'll take about six weeks to make it all good or All right. And June, when is the best time to repot a mature citrus? Um, in oh, a month's time. In a month's time? Yep. You're doing this too quick. Let's Sorry. try one more. Um, uh, Richard from Singleton, a Geraldton wax loaded with flower buds, but the leaves are slowly losing colour. They're oh. going 
green, yellow. Uh, okay, could have botrytis and it's going to die in about two weeks' time or it doesn't like the soil type, so you might need to put a bit of powdered sulphur on there. Oh, you are so good, Sabrina. <laughs> you are so good. Um, thank you for coming on. It's my pleasure. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll catch you next Saturday. The time is 10 o'clock.